Welcome to Lavender Dahlia. I'm Jennifer Osler Bolton, and together we are going to enjoy the freedom of exploring who God created us to be by lifting the veil off of our hearts and bringing to light the authenticity that we've been hiding in the dark. I am so happy that you're here. So let's talk. Welcome back. I am so excited that we are continuing on this journey together. And today it's something that's really close to my heart. It's something that I feel very deeply. And before we jump into that, because we are going to jump into that, I just want to say thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast, for signing up on the email list, for the messages that you've been sending me. You you tell me that I encourage you, but the truth is you encourage me more than you realize because I feel good knowing I don't have to do this alone. <laughs> it's really comforting to know that I am surrounded by a ton of beautiful dahlias and we are all walking in the same garden together. Thank you so much for being a part of this with me. All right, let's jump in. Okay, so today I just wanted to talk about the idea of being heard and understood because no matter where we are in life, that is a craving that we all have. We all want to be heard and understood. And what we've learned in this society, I mean, I don't know about you, but something I have learned is that we are so quick to speak our minds and our opinions, and we don't have to wait to do it. I'm sure as we've all experienced over this last year, we've seen that we can type as someone is speaking in open forums or group chats or on a Zoom call. We can quickly type up a comment on someone's vulnerable post, and we can assume that because YouTube teaches us anything, we somehow become an expert on everything. Somewhere we've stopped trying to hear and understand people, but the irony is that we're speaking so fast and so loudly over the people trying to be heard because we are also wanting to be heard. And the thing is, it doesn't matter what your love language is. If, you, if you're not familiar with love languages, I strongly suggest reading the book, The Five Love Languages by, I think it's Gary Chapman. It's fantastic. But for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into the details of the book, but I recommend it if you don't know, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. But anyways, whatever your individual love language is, mine is words of affirmation and gifts, uh, which doesn't always mean expensive gifts, but you know, like a handwritten note means so much to me. It's so important to me. But no matter what you identify as your love language, your primary love language, being heard and understood is the foundation that our individual love languages stand upon. So as with anything, let's start at the beginning. We were created in God's image and we were created to be like him. So what does that mean? What is God like? The characteristics of God are long and lengthy and beautiful, but let's sum it up like this. God is loving, patient, kind, never changing, wise, faithful, gracious, powerful, and forgiving. And if you need a quick reference for God's characteristics, I suggest heading over to 1 Corinthians 13 because Paul does a great job describing God as a standard of love. So head on over there whenever you need the reminder. That's what I have to do frequently. <laughs> All of those characteristics are so beneficial for the big old sinner like me, especially because I find it so difficult to be all of those things. And then to be all of them at once, that seems impossible. But here's the funny thing about it. We have those characteristics within us. 
We were created in God's image, which means we were created with the ability to possess each of those characteristics. So then why is it difficult to connect with these and then engage in them? Well, our humanness and our human experience likes to interrupt and interfere with those traits born into our souls. And each of those characteristics give way to the many emotions we experience and the many things we need. For example, those very emotions being heard and understood. I believe there's another reason why we were created in God's image. And yes, I know the popular teachings that we were created to do God's work on this side of heaven, and we need to tap into those characteristics to show others how God loves them. But, and I'm going to sound selfish here, but what about us? Those characteristics we possess are actually really tender, and when those traits are attacked or injured, whether unintentionally or not, who is going to be the one to show us the very thing we're trying to show others? We're humans. We're actually not very good at this. We tend to take on humanity as if it's a job we have to do, and it can result in us stuffing down our injured characteristics because we want to stay focused on the job. This is especially true of Christian women. When we try to speak up about our hurt, we immediately begin to condemn it because we've been trained to think that any emotion outside of God's characteristics is unholy, ungodly, and inappropriate to our faith. So let's take a look at God's characteristic of grace. Can you think of a time when you extended grace to someone who likely didn't deserve it and then didn't return it? Maybe in the way of talking about you or creating an awkwardness in your relationship, whatever it might have been, the grace you gave was not accepted in the way you hoped. That injures your characteristic of grace. And as a result of that injury, you might be hesitant to extend grace again to either the same person or to someone new because that injury created a lack of trust. What happened when you tried to tell someone that Susie didn't accept your grace the way you hoped and now it hurts and you don't want to give grace again to her or to anyone for that matter? Oh, Jen, just be loving to her. Turn the other cheek. Show them the way. Be careful not to sin in anger. And then your hurt went completely unheard and misunderstood in that moment. So two things can happen now. Number one, you spend your time with God, asking him to change you for the better. Help me to be more graceful with Susie. Help me to be like you. Help me to forgive Susie again. Help me to be better. Or the second option, you're never going to speak up again. I've done both and neither were successful. Okay, now don't misunderstand me. Praying for us to be more like God is a necessity, and it is something that I do regularly. Believe me, it's better for everyone around me that I ask God to help me to be more like Him. But I've learned a new trick, and I'm going to share it with you. One of the coolest things about being created in God's image is that He knows exactly who we are. And the other really cool thing that God did was come to this earth in the human form of His Son, Jesus. And while there are many really incredible things that came as a result of that, one of the things that I am most grateful for is that God gets us. 
Because Jesus walked this earth as God in human form, he knew poverty, he knew frustration, rejection, ridicule, loneliness, love. He knew all the range of emotion. He knows what pain feels like. He knows the deep scars of betrayal. He knows sadness. He knows longing, disappointment, temptation, and heartache. There is nothing about us that he does not know or understand. He is able to have infinite understanding, unlimited sympathy, and immeasurable compassion for us because he gets it. Okay, so let's get back to Susie. And for the record, I don't know a Susie. That was just a name I thought would be cool to throw in here. (laughs) But whatever Susie did to have to require my grace, that was the first injury to my heart. Then, when I extended grace to her, and it wasn't received the way that I hoped, that was the second injury to my heart. Then, when I tried to tell someone about it, and they didn't understand me, and told me to basically get back to work, that was the third injury to my heart. How deep one hurt can get into our hearts. Think about a time when you experienced something like that, an injury that went deep into your heart, in different ways. And now, try to explain that hurt out loud. Seriously, press pause. Describe the pain out loud. I'll be here when you get back, don't worry. I'm willing to bet that it is difficult to adequately describe the pain. I'm also willing to bet that you found a way to minimize it. Yeah, this happened, but... But what? But it's okay? But it could be worse? But it's not a big deal? That actually reminds me of going to the dentist. I have a severe phobia of the dentist, truly, like an actual fear that requires medication just for consultations. But because I was so scared, I would always end up waiting until I was in some kind of pain before going to the dentist. And when I'd get there, they never knew that I spent the entire night in tears with an ice pack on my face because as soon as I was confronted to describe the pain, I'd say, oh, it's not that bad, it's not that bad because I was so afraid of what they were going to do. So I minimized the pain and tried to pretend that it wasn't as bad as it actually was, even though the pain was throbbing on the inside of my mouth. Who would have ever known unless I was honest about the pain? I spent 23 years working in a pediatric office as a medical scribe. So what that means is that I went with the doctor into every room with every patient and I would transcribe his visit, exam, and diagnosis and treatment into the computer. And I learned a lot in this time. But one of the things I never quite knew how to translate was a child trying to describe their pain, especially abdominal pain. My doctor would try his hardest. Does it feel like someone punched you in the stomach or like someone stabbed you with a knife? (laughs) I mean, how else can we try to explain the difference in what abdominal pain feels like to a child? And the kids would always seem to fumble with their description. Well, it kind of feels like someone cut me with a knife, but not really. Okay, how am I supposed to translate that into a medical chart for diagnosis and treatment? There was no way for me or my very experienced and brilliant doctor to perfectly understand what this child was trying to describe because what he was feeling was something only he knew. It's so difficult to explain to someone else what we're feeling or what we need unless it's something that's obvious to the outside eye. 
Little Johnny's abdominal pain was hard to understand, diagnose, and treat, but if he had walked in with a cut on his arm, my doctor wouldn't need an explanation from him. He would be able to see the depth of the cut, the length, and whether or not it needed stitches or just a band-aid. Little Johnny wouldn't have had to describe the pain because the doctor could see how it needed to be treated. Our hearts and emotions are not obvious to the outside eye. The cut is there and the pain is deep, but nobody can see it and it might be difficult to describe it. But sometimes we try to play doctor and fix what we don't understand, whether that's with someone else or with ourselves. I remember a time not long after the sudden death of my late husband, Ryan. I remember sitting in my backyard just as the sun was coming up. It was summer in Los Angeles, so by six in the morning, it was already warm outside. The sky was blue with a hint of pink as the sun was coming up from behind the hills. I went outside to pray, but I couldn't. I was hurting so deeply and I didn't know how to describe it. I tried, I really did try. God, I'm sad. I'm confused, I'm scared, but I trust you. Whenever I said it out loud, the words didn't do justice for the depth of the cut on my heart, and I was quick to throw a band-aid over my words, but I trust you. At some point that morning, I just stopped praying out loud. My mind didn't stop, but my words did. It hurt too much. I couldn't find the right words. When I spoke it out loud, my pain sounded so small, but it felt so huge. Nobody I spoke to could understand what I was feeling inside. And when I did speak, I was met with so many of the rehearsed and cliched Christian phrases that I just stopped trying to explain myself. Nobody could possibly understand. Not even other widows or single moms because each of our experiences were so different. So I just stopped talking out loud. And that included stopping with God too. But the difference between God and others is that God knew exactly how I was feeling and he perfectly understood me without me having to say a word. One of my favorite passages in scripture is Romans 8 verses 26 through 27. It says, we don't know how to pray as we should but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us. He begs God for us, speaking to him with feelings too deep for words. God already knows our deepest thoughts and he understands what the Spirit is saying. Let that sink in for a second. The Holy Spirit that lives within you speaks to God on your behalf with feelings too deep for words. That's incredible. And it's my favorite part of the Bible. Knowing that I am heard and understood in the most perfect way. And it's when I can't even understand it myself. God knows where you are. You don't have to try to explain it to him. He created you. He knows you. He created you to be like him. And he came here to experience all the same human emotions that you do. So that he can be relatable to you. When your heart is injured and the words are either difficult to find or are not landing on someone's ears the way you hoped they would, isn't it so comforting to know that you can sit in silence with God and the Holy Spirit is going to translate your heart for you? You don't have to say a thing. 
You can sit in the silence and trust that you are being heard in a way that nobody on this earth will ever fully understand or be able to translate. We can each identify with the feeling of pain, heartache, and disappointment, but we can't see the depth of the injury or the severity of the pain that's happening inside of someone else. So that's my trick. That's what I do. I find the quiet. I allow myself to feel the injury of my heart, which means I don't minimize it or try to faith it away by thinking that I shouldn't feel it. I fully acknowledge it and I trust that God will diagnose and then treat it without me needing to describe it. You were born with the characteristics of our God, but you don't have to torture yourself by trying to be only those things and minimizing your hurt. It's not your fault that our human experiences interfere with those godly traits. I adore you, but you are not God, and you are not a spiritual busboy cleaning up and wiping down the slates of people in your life every day. You are a beautifully crafted human being with not only the traits of God wrapped up in your DNA, but you are a beautifully crafted human being with the Holy Spirit inside of you, speaking to God on your behalf when words fail you. Give yourself permission to live deeply and fearlessly in your emotion. The world may not understand you, but the God who made you knows you perfectly. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and are filled with courage to see yourself the way that God sees you. You are so many beautiful things. That's why there's a flower named after you. Make sure to subscribe to Lavender Dahlia for podcast updates and episodes and visit jenniferoslerbolton.com to join the Lavender Dahlia email list. Until next time, my heart is hugging yours. I'll see you soon.